This Kingdom Summit series that we are involved in and that we are engaged in is a special series that the Holy Spirit has called our church into. But let me uh, be clear about it. I believe it's more than calling our church. I believe that this is for the body of Christ. And so it is my prayer that God will allow this word that, that, that he is speaking to us to be shared in our region so that our region can hear the direction in which the Holy Spirit's taking us because every time there is a major, major move of God, there is always this resistance against it. I remember being down south in South Carolina. There are times when uh, we'd be outside back in the day. We'd be outside and, and walking on the dirt roads and uh, throughout the day and then all of a sudden, you can smell in the air, rain is coming. You can smell the rain coming. And then after we smelt the rain, we started looking all around to see what direction it was coming from. And then when we would see what direction it was coming from, it could be real sunny right where you are. We just start take off, we just take off and start running. We try to, you know, run from the, from the, we call it the highway, which was the paved road. The paved road was called the highway. The dirt roads <laughs> was just called the road. So we take off running from the highway, from the paved part of the road, and we start running back to the house. Because what we were going to try to do is beat the rain before it came. And you would see the rain coming. And we'd be running and running and running and running. And sometimes the rain caught us, sometimes it didn't. Amen. But I say that because um, the enemy... Right before there's a major, major move of God, the enemy can sense it and he becomes very unsettled about what he says. He's not sure what it's going to be, but he has a sense of it and he gets very, very perturbed about it. And so he tries his very best through his organized system of demons at every rank and every level, tries his best to interrupt and interfere and to stop, prevent that wave, that move of God to show up in the earth. And so what we know, because we are born again, we are connected to God, God shows us what the enemy senses. And so what we do, God always readies his people. Come on, y'all. God always readies his people, not just for the major tsunami of the spirit happening, but also he prepares us for the initial uh, interference that we may have. And so this is a time of preparation. I believe that God has alerted us. Oh, my God. He's alerted us to demonic interference. And so he's spoken to us, kingdom summit series get us ready to make sure that our minds our mindset is a kingdom mindset make sure that we understand that it's life is lived better at the top that abundant life is God's will for his people amen just because there's interference and things coming don't mean that we have to live low we live high because if we're living low and we get caught in this low place, if you will, while the enemy's attacking, we may end up embracing some of the deception that comes. Come on. Because he doesn't, come on, Satan doesn't come always with a machine gun and with a tank riding through the city. 
His weapon is deception. Huh? He uses deception and other things that he will use in that list there. I believe it's somewhere there in Galatians come, come, chapter 5, uh, starting at verse number 17. There's a list, verse 17 through 21. There's a list of the works of the flesh. That's right there. And the enemy will come and tap in looking to see if he can find that. In us. James taught us, and he's, James is still teaching us in the book of James. I believe it's still in chapter one. He begins to talk about the whole idea of lust. And as he deals with lust, many times we like to blame things on the outside of us that cause us to fall into stuff. But James said, no, 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 no. When we are tempted, we're never tempted of God, but we are drawn away by the lust Inside of us, the lust of the flesh. It's, it's that stuff that's in us. Okay? So when temptation comes, it is seeking out that lust that's in us. Because we're drawn away by not stuff necessarily from the outside. That's just, that's just the bait. That is just the B-A-I-T. And it's trying to connect with the lust inside of us because we are drawn away of our own lust the Bible says okay so we don't want to be in the low place like that no 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 we don't want to be in the low place because we might get you know we might become victims of that amen Amen. so tell your neighbor let's go to the high place Hallelujah. Ron Canoli had a song out some years ago. Going up to the high places. Going up to the high places. We're going up to the high places to tear the devil's kingdom down. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. So, there are four, four summits that we're dealing with in this series. The Singles Summit, the Prayer Summit, the Evangelistic Summit, and the Economic Summit. So it's really talking about defeating the flesh so that we can live in the place where God has designed for us to live at the top. Amen. So we've completed the single summit last night. How many of y'all were blessed by the single summit? Amen. Tonight we're going, moving into our next summit, our second summit, which is the prayer summit. Boy, I can't wait to get into this next couple of seconds. We're moving into the prayer summit. Amen. So now with the prayer summit, I'm going to call your attention now to James chapter 5. James chapter number five, verses 13 through 18, but our key verse 
or verses is verses 17 and 18. We'll start there at verse 13. James chapter 5, verse 13. But our key verses will be 17 and 18. That will be our foundational text for this prayer summit. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this time of gathering tonight. We are in our the middle of this particular week, God, and we have been drawn to this place, O oh God, that we may hear from you. Thank you, O oh God, that you have prepared us, prepared our hearts, O oh God, our minds, to be able to come today. You've given us strength to handle everything that we had to address during the course of our day. Thank you for the wisdom that you gave us. Thank you for the favor that you gave us. And the times when we needed the mercy, you already put that underneath our door this morning so that when we woke up and opened the door, there it was. New mercy for us this morning, still working for us. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, who is the great teacher, our comforter, and our guide. We Thank you, O oh God, for the power of your word, for it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you, O oh God, for being our father. Providing for us, supplying our needs, keeping us up. Thank you, Lord. We realize that we could do nothing without you. In fact, it is in you that we live and move and have our being, our very existence. So tonight we're here and we declare now that none of the incorruptible seed of your word will fall by the wayside and none will fall into stony or thorny ground, but it will fall into good ground and produce a great harvest. Thank you for revelation knowledge tonight that will flow freely, unhindered, and unchecked by any force at all. We declare, O oh God, that there shall be healings in the place tonight as your word goes forth, that deliverance will come upon the hearing of your word. We thank you for manifestation of those things that we've been praying for coming forth tonight. We thank you for miracles in the place, O oh God, whereby there will be supernatural interruption of certain things, O oh God. And that your will will show up in the earth instantly. Thank you, Lord. We thank you right now, oh God, for favor in the name of Jesus. Thank you right now for a fresh wind blowing. Yeah, thank you now. Strategy. Insight. Coming tonight in the name of Jesus. Your blessing is upon this house, is upon your people. Thank you right now. That we've been empowered to prosper. Thank you, Jesus. And so we give you praise right now, God. As we are in, in anticipation. Oh, my, 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 my. For what you, the Holy Spirit, will release in this place. Let revival break loose, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Thank you now. Hallelujah. For what you do in the house, God. Hallelujah. We'll give you praise for it and we'll take no glory for our own, but all the glory shall and is thine. Our prayers in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to do this tonight. Stand with me as we read the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. James chapter five. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. James chapter 5, starting there at verse 13. 
Remember, our key verse, verses are 17 and 18. And it reads, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, which is Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. 18. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Going into our prayer Summit tonight. Raise your Bibles with me. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. Come on, repeat after me. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate therein day and night. I will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then my way shall be prosperous and then I will have good success. Tell somebody I'm getting ready to be blessed. You may take your seats. The B portion of verse 16 of James chapter 5 says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might uh, not rain. And it rained not on the earth by, by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. As we move into this summit, the prayer summit now, let us remember... That the enemy to our progress is the flesh. We have targeted the flesh. That the flesh is an enemy to our progress. The flesh is there to try to short circuit and prevent us from reaching that height in prayer. Prayer is a spiritual activity born out of our spirit, not out of our head. Let me say that again. Prayer is a spiritual activity that is born out of our spirit, not out of our head. Hallelujah. It is a spiritual activity. Born out of our spirit, not uh, out of our head. 
as we look here in this particular passage of scripture, we will find, and we'll get, we'll dig into it further later, but I want to get some, get somewhere tonight. But we find here that James gives us a record of this man, Elijah, who was an Old Testament prophet. Old Testament prophet of God who had, who was born and who lived and who served in ministry during the time and era of Ahab and Jezebel. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he had the privilege, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if who of us would, would have one of been born and lived during that time of Ahab and Jezebel and have to deal with her shenanigans, but he had the privilege of being born in that era in time. <laughs> Better him than, but anyway, God has us born in this era, in this time, dealing with what we got to deal with. But we see that in the text in James, James reveals to us more than the Old Testament account reveals in that the reason why certain things happened is because this man was a praying man. That this man tapped into the power of prayer and caused rain to come and then caused rain to stop. I think that's pretty pretty good as it relates to the power of God. So we see that this man prayed the rains, the heavens shut up, releasing no rain, prayed the heavens opened up, releasing rain again. So there is power in prayer. But it is the enemy's job by flowing and working and getting our attention, getting the attention of the flesh to stop that. To stop that. Being that prayer is a spiritual activity born out of our spirit. It is the enemy's job to cause us to flip over into the flesh which is our lower nature, I I, I have to repeat this, which is our lower nature, watch this, our lower nature, which makes the appeal through our passions and lust, hello, causing us to have responses according to the flesh because we have no spiritual influence. It's all a soulish influence. So now our lower nature which is not impacted by the spirit, the Holy Spirit through my human spirit, causing my emotions, my feelings, my mind to make decisions for my life without the influence and aid of the Holy Spirit. Making me respond and act like I am, even though I am born again, but it makes me respond as if I am unconverted. My responses, even though I'm saved, 
that is urged by my flesh causes me to act like a worldly person, a carnal person. Okay, I'll make it ugly for you. It makes me resort to my animalistic behavior. And so it is designed to keep me off of my knees. It is designed to keep my mouth shut in communicating with the Father. It is designed to cut me off from my common, I'm ahead of myself, my common union, my communion with the Father. Flesh don't want me talking to God. Because when I talk to the Lord in prayer, commune with him, not just to simply just have a conversation, but when I commune with him, here's what happens. The moment I commune with him, I move into prayer, what happens is I now invite God to come in. I invite him to get involved in what I'm doing. See? And the moment God gets involved in what I'm doing, the flesh now is upset because it no longer gets the attention. Because the Bible tells us, let me just go ahead and just finish all of this. I'll get this out right now. The Bible tells us, yes, that God, the Lord, the Father, he knows what we have need of, petition-wise, before we even ask. That's what the Bible says. So some would think that since he knows what I have need of before I even ask, not even to ask. Some would say, I don't need to ask because he already knows what I need, so he's going to just make sure I get what I need because he knows already. No, no, that, that you can't do that. You have to ask. You have to petition. You have to go into prayer because God will not just break into your situation and just take over. He needs to be invited in. Oh, my God. He needs and wants to be invited into our situation. Yeah. And the way I invite him in is when I pray. Yeah. It's giving God an invitation. And it's not because God can't do what he want to do. God can do all things. He can do anything he want to do. But God has only restricted himself to his own word. God will not do anything outside of his own word. If there is a, if there is a restriction on God, it is his word. Hallelujah. So we now have to open up our will through prayer to invite him in. And so once we invite him in through prayer, then he gets involved. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? So now. Let's deal with this. 
purpose for this summit, this lesson, this prayer summit is to bring the body of Christ to another level of prayer so that we can ensure the presence of God's power. Hallelujah. As a normal flow in the house. Again, the purpose of this summit is to bring the body of Christ to another level of prayer so that we can ensure the presence of God's power flowing normally in the house. We want God's power present. Hallelujah. We we want God's power to be in the midst because, watch this, The church should be a place, I guess I can say this, should be a place not just for the saints. I believe that the church has many facets and components to it. I believe that the local church should be a training station. Where we are centralized, where we come together, where we are trained, where we are prepared, where we are discipled. Amen. I believe the church should be a place for God to announce his purpose prophetically to us. I believe that the church should be a place where it has on the side quarters for healing. The church is not a hospital. I know that differs from what a lot of y'all believe and what you've heard. I don't even mind that. You don't have to believe that. But it's not a hospital. It's a church. It has quarters. It has areas where, if you will, that that is designed to help us get healed. Thank you, Jesus. The church also is a place for sinners. Yeah, it's a place for sinners to come into so that they can be exposed to how the family of God operates. It should be a place where they see a concentration. They see it, of course, wherever we show up because we are the church, the people, we are the church. But when we come to a local church and the assembly takes place... Sinners should be able to come into the assembly and see a concentration of God's love. Because it's okay to see one person on the outside sharing God's love. But when you see the body of Christ come together, interacting with each other. People find, when people come to the house of God, many times they find what they've been looking for. Amen. They haven't just been looking for a church. They've been looking for a family. They haven't just been looking for a church. They've been looking for a home. A place where there are people that they can identify with. 
I have heard it over and over again that many times people come to a place and they did not feel welcome. They did not feel love. They felt like they were out of place. Amen. But the church, the house of God, should be a place for sinners to come in. Now, I say that because they ought to be able to come in, experience the power of God, and leave differently. They should not be able to come into the house with their condition, with their issue, come on, with all of their insanity and crazy, right? And then leave out here just as insane and crazy as when they came in. Because if they're able to get in and out untouched by the power of God, then they will, there will be nothing special about this setting. They'll just come in to hear music. Y'all with me? But what we want to see, we want to see and experience the power of God. We want to pray until the heavens stop releasing rain. We want to pray until when God's ready to do the next thing, the heavens open up and rain comes down. We want to have impact. We want, oh my, my, my. We want this earth to understand who's in control of it. Y'all didn't hear that. Y'all didn't catch that. Y'all didn't catch that. That's a good preaching moment right there. We want the earth to feel the effects of heaven. We want the earth to know what it feels like in heaven. The power that is operating in heaven. We want the earth to know that the earth can operate with that same power. How? Because there are people who are citizens of heaven. Who have honored and respected and embraced the significance of prayer. We need to raise up the value of prayer. Amen. We ought to have banners up talking about prayer. Because it is so. You would think that it would be popular in the church. I don't have a problem with them fighting us at Shea Stadium singing the Star Spangled Banner. At the Olympics, I don't have a problem with them telling us we can't say in Jesus' name, amen. But I do have a problem that the church boycotts prayer. Prayer, oh my Lord, should be a banner. Hallelujah. How are we going to boycott prayer? Prayer service tonight. Oh, well, they ain't doing nothing. And then we want, and watch this, and then we want it like we want it. No, 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 no. I need you to hear me. I would think that the house of God should be rushing, bum rushing to the house, should be tearing down the doors rather than saying they ain't, ain't no big deal. They just praying tonight. 
Pastor, he's teaching on prayer tonight, so let's we'll wait till he gets to the economic summit because I need more money. No, we should be we should be right up in here. I'm trying to tell you, our hips ought to be up in the house of God. Hallelujah! Occupying these seats, man, trying to say, Pastor, give me that mic. I got something to pray about. I'm trying to tell you, you ought to to be in here, man. Pastor, come on, let me lead the prayer tonight. Amen. Because prayer is the fundamental, foundational basis for the power of God to flow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can tell, I'm not even there, but you can tell when somebody's praying. You can tell when somebody's praying. Because associated with this attitude and lifestyle of prayer is power. If this place ever became saturated in prayer... You could snap your fingers in the midst of the environment and things just start happening. See, 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 see. There could, we, we, if we would saturate this place, when you walk from the outside and walk into the front doors, you ought to feel a climate change. You ought to, just like it is when it is hot outside and AC on on the inside, that difference when you step in, you are, you and I ought to feel, my God, heavenly environment, power. You should walk in the door. I don't know where that came from, but you ought to walk in, you ought to walk in the door. To, just fall out under the power of God because this place is so saturated with God's presence and power that no demon, no flesh, nothing from hell can exist and live in this environment. You come in here limping, walk out running. Come in here with a problem, go out with an answer. Did you see me fall right there? Somebody shout, pray! Pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So what I plan to do through, as we... Navigate the scriptures in the summit. I'm looking to walk past you at times and, and turn on your activation button. All of you have one. All of us got one. I, I, I look to walk past you and the Holy Ghost will say push that to activate us. Hallelujah. Years ago, there was a TV show out 
lost in space. That don't mean I'm old. It just means I like the show. Lost in space. And Will Rogers. Will Robinson, see, thank you. They had a robot. And he'd just be sitting there. The moment they press that button, he come up, the lights start going on the top of that little bubble up on top of his head. Will Rogers, Will Robinson, Will Robinson. And he gets to going on. He had power. Your activation button's going to get pushed. Hallelujah. You're going to come alive in prayer. Hallelujah. And you're going to find at times that your native tongue is too slow no y'all, y'all gotta y'all gotta y'all gotta follow me you're gonna find out because see there's this big debate whether we should be praying in the holy ghost and praying in tongues and all that well here's what happens when you press into this and you get this your debate will be over you cannot debate when you're activated hallelujah See, ain't no long, ain't no, we're going to long just, just lay on the side, I don't know what to say next. No, because what's going to happen is our tongue, from our native tongue, is going to be too slow. It's going to be behind what we're thinking. Okay, it's going to hinder us, it's going to be too slow. We're going to be like, come on, would you just come on? See, and we'll get tired of that, and then we're going to shift over. Shift over into the Holy Ghost, you know, and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Because your native tongue, is, you're going to find out, it's going to be too slow, it's going to be behind, and it's going to be lagging. Hallelujah. Prayer. What is prayer? Let's define it. Y'all still with me? Prayer is the language that causes spiritual communion with God. It is the language that causes spiritual communion with God. It is talking to God, watch this, comma, harmonizing. Talking to God, harmonizing. Oh, man. It's coming into alignment with God. I need you to follow me on this one. I might preach the definition for the rest of the time. Okay, it is coming into alignment with God. It is the channel of power. Here it is. It is the channel of power to God whereby God releases his will in the earth. Okay, I'll say that again. It is the channel of power to God whereby God 
releases his will in the earth. It is that language that causes spiritual communion. It, it's that communion. It's that koinonia. It's that fellowship. It is that, it is that connection. Communion. It's that common union. And the reason why that is so important, common union, of course, prayer is communication. Right? It's communion. Common union. Because there's no need for me to begin to talk to Deke over here. I'm up here talking to Deke, but I'm talking to something, looking at somebody else. Okay, I'm talking to him, but I'm looking at somebody else. So we're a little confused about who I'm talking to. I ain't paying him no mind, but I'm talking, I'm talking to him, but I ain't paying no mind. I'm talking to somebody, I'm looking at somebody else. I am not in alignment with him. I don't need to be sitting and talk to, talk. Talk to Sister R over here and go over to Sister R and, and, uh, I get to talking to Sister R, you know, but I'm looking at you. Okay. I'm not in alignment with her. I'm out of alignment with her. But it is, I come into common union when I connect, not just by talking, but when I give you my attention. What I have done now is I have now come into alignment with you. Okay. Now I need you to kind of just keep following me with that here. Because we're talking about prayer, this, this common union with the Lord. Coming, this, this communion, this, this connecting with him, coming in alignment with him. And here's the thing now. In order to come in alignment with anything, there has to already be a set order to a thing. There has to be a set order. You can't come into alignment with something that is not established. I align myself with something that has already been ordered, something that is already set. It is not God coming in alignment with me. No, it is me coming in alignment with him. My God. I didn't mean this yet, but let's go over here. Go to Jeremiah chapter number one. It's coming in alignment with him. That means that there is already something that's preset, something that is already predetermined, something that is already ordered. When I say something, of course, we're talking about God. If I'm going to pray to God, I'm already coming to, he is already God. Everything that he is going to do has already been settled. Everything that he is going to do, he has already finished. He declares my end from my beginning, and my end, my beginning from my end. 
He has two points. He has set the, 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 the beginning point and the end point. In order to set the end point, he has to finish it. To set an end. You can't get to the end until you finish. Till you start, go through it, and then you get to the destination. He declared my end from the beginning because he established my end. Okay? So God is all everything that we need. God has answered every question that is to be asked. He is our bread. He is our water. Come on, y'all. He is our strength. He is our peace. He is already that. He is our hope. I need y'all to follow me. The job that you're looking for has already been established. You just have to find it. So I can't find no job. There is a job out there. I understand what you mean, but that's your soul talking. All, if you understand the principle of prayer, all you need to do is come in alignment with God and you'll find your job. How many of you ever had been looking for a job and then you found it? Let me see your hands. You're looking. At one point you looked and then you found a job. Okay. The reason why you found the job is because the job was already established. You cannot find something that isn't. You find something that's already established. God told Abraham, I'm going to go to a city I'm going to show you. God had the city set. Just because he didn't tell him right then doesn't mean it wasn't set. He said, you just do what I tell you. Just walk. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. (laughs) If you hear me over there, run to me. So it's really, it's coming in alignment with what he has, what he has already done. One, two, three, four, five, six days he finished everything. On the seventh day he rested from all of his labors. All he does now is oversee. He's not gonna make another tree. He's not gonna make another, make another man. Okay, everything has seed in itself. He took care of all that. Finished it all. So now, coming in alignment with God means I have to find a way to connect with he who has completed everything. That way is called prayer. I come in common union. I ain't going to get it no other way. And you got to follow me now because just because people getting things, you got to understand, just because people are getting things doesn't mean they're getting what God wanted them to have. You can get anything. You ain't got to pray. You don't have to pray to get something. Just go get it. You got the money? Just go get it. But... 
But everything that you and I need. See, Cynthia, you are built. I know your name ain't Cynthia. You are built strategically. Because God made you strategically in a certain way. He also knows how you work, what makes you work. But not just what makes you work, what makes you work optimally at your highest point of life. He knows what it takes to do that. You and I are designed special. You cannot give me what is yours to make me work. Yeah, but throw your thumb up. That means you're unique. Your thumbprint right there. There's not, not another one like it from the time of man. Original. Unique. So that means then... The way to stop getting things that are not for me without having to go through experimentation to find it is to come in communion with God. I didn't say read about him. I said come in communion with him. Watch this, watch this, watch this. God is a spirit. But don't you be fooled. He's a talking spirit. He's a talking spirit. He's a talking spirit. He's a talking spirit. You are too. I am too. All we are are speaking spirits. So now... We have been given the legal right in the spirit realm, oh my Lord, to talk to our Father. He who is spirit. Y'all still at Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 1. The way I align myself with him Is I gotta know his will. He says, in a, in a, he says, now, if you ask anything, Jesus said, according to my will, he heareth me. According to his, he heareth. That's in the Bible. So that means that he's going to hear me if I ask according to his will. His will is his word, y'all. The way, the way our children found out what we wanted them to do when they were growing up, we already knew what we wanted them to do. Clean the bathroom. Clean the bathroom. And clean it right. 
Okay? That was in our will. Okay? How did our children find out about our will? They heard our words. Clean the bathroom. Now, not later. Now. I'm going to do it on the later. Now. Okay? And so when we found them in the bathroom cleaning it, they are responding to our will. They would not have known our will if we wouldn't have given them our word. So our will and our word is one. God's will and his word is one. Y'all with me? It says there in Jeremiah chapter number one. I'll let you go ahead and, and jot that note down. But Jeremiah chapter one. Can you give me verse 12? I think that's what I want. Ah. Jeremiah's agonizing. He's going through some things. He says, I'm a young man. God, how are you calling me? I just kind of put that in my version. I'm too young. Why are you calling me like that? I'm only, I'm only 17. Why are you calling me like that, Lord? <clears throat> Look at what it says in verse number 12. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, excuse me, for I will what? Hasten my word to perform it. Now, the key to that is God says that if you want a performance, if you want me to do something, I move swiftly when my word is brought back to me. I need that air. I need someone. Hit that air, turn that down or off. Hallelujah. He said, I will hasten my word to perform it. God responds when his word is on the scene. We cannot, Lord, help me through here. We cannot expect to use our words And God respond. Jesus said it like this. I only do what my father tells me to do. I only say what he says. Giving him the right to say, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. Because what he, he is disciplined and dedicated to the word of his father. And when he had a moment. Oh Lord. When he had a moment. Of struggle in the garden of Gethsemane. He had to get back in alignment by saying. Nevertheless not my will. He said if, if Lord let this cup pass. Nevertheless. Not as I will but. That will be done. He had a moment where he veered off, but then he had to come back. Not my will, but thine be done. Y'all with me? Y'all got seven minutes? Can you give me seven minutes? Okay. Now, 
There is a powerful purpose in prayer. I'm just kind of working my way to where I want to get to. Then I'll give you the story of Elijah. But there's a powerful purpose in prayer. When you and I engage in prayer, not engage in this non-interesting dialogue. I'm not talking about that. Not in this hypocritical standing up with these words that will impress others. No, not in hypocrisy, not this mass stuff. Not that. But when you and I really engage in prayer, it causes, oh Lord, it causes a transparency to take place in you. In other words, when we begin to really pray, we start to unbuttoning our jackets. We start to unveil ourselves. There is a transparency that takes place. The deeper I go in prayer, the more I want to take my stuff off. The more I want to expose myself to God. Because what's happening in this alignment that's taking place, we have to shed, oh my Lord, we have to shed all of these things that have attached itself, come on, to our spirit. My spirit, your spirit is clean, it's pure. But many times there will be things that will come that will attach itself to us. So not only, watch this, not only does this physical body have to deal with the susceptibility of contamination, not only internally do I have to deal with the susceptibility of contamination, but my spirit can get spoiled. There are things that can attach itself and become leech-like. And start to drain, watch this, the life out of us. No, the real life. The real life. I'm not talking about making you tired. I'm talking about making you corrupt in your spirit. Making, making you, making your spirit become empty. Making your spirit. Place where it is corrupt and a little filthy. That's why we have to cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, the Bible says. Because there's some filthy things that's trying to get us. It's like walking. It's like walking. You come out and you walk into a place where ain't nothing but flies everywhere. And you got to deal, you got to walk in an environment that flies over here. Flies over there. Amen. And you walk out of the place and you go back out of that place and you got flies on you. Yeah. There's some places and things, more places that we go into, even though we can't see things with our naked eye, our natural eye, there are spirits that have attached themselves 
to us. And prayer has this power of transparency that as we're aligning ourselves with God, there is the shedding of this stuff that got attached to us. Now watch this, that we didn't even know about. Did you ever have a thought that you didn't mean? I'm saying, you know what I mean? I'm, you think, I'm saying 42 years. Where'd that thought come from? You know what I mean? Sometimes you wonder, where did this come from? I have gotten in my car. Natural, natural example. I've gotten in my car. <clears throat> I'm not a smoker. I don't smoke. Okay? It's years now. Years. Almost 40 years. I don't smoke. But there are times when I get in my car and on the floor of my car, on the mat, there is a cigarette butt. Anybody ever said that? That ever happened to you? You can say no if it ain't never happened to you. It happened to me. I'm just saying. I have gotten in the car and I'm looking on the floor and there's a cigarette butt sitting on the floor. A, a, a smashed up, mashed up one sitting on the floor. Right there, right underneath my little brake pedal. Now I know I don't smoke. So I'm, I don't have no condemnation. You know what I mean? Worry about all that. I ain't worried about what the saints going to say if they get in my car either. I ain't worried about all that. All that stuff's finished. But my point is, <laughs> my point is, how did that butt get in my car? It got attached to the bottom of my shoe. Now, how many of y'all, how many of y'all have to clean your car out? Have you, <laughs> how many of you need to clean it out right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And right there on the mat, there are a bunch of little rocks and, pe- and pebbles and sand. How did, how did that get in the car? I cleaned it before, got it all out. How did that get back in the car? Transfer. On my shoes. See, when you and I have to exit a place like this and enter into the world, there are things that are seeking to attach itself to you. And if you don't deal with that in prayer, you need to follow me now. If you don't deal with that in prayer, then you will bring that stuff inside with you. Y'all with me? So when we're praying, there is a power of prayer that causes transparency because I'm aligning myself. I have to shed and I have to be transparent before God because the real deal is he know everything anyway. Who am I kidding? And prayer has this transparency, transparency uh, effect on us. Because it won't allow us, oh my God, to bring filthiness in God's presence. Somebody ought to say amen right there. 
Oh, that's too good right there. That's too good. That's too good. That's too good. Hallelujah. Let me close with this today. John 15, verse number 7. I'll close with this today. Everybody okay? John 15. Oh, I'm loving this. John 15, verse number 7. Y'all see it? Come on, let's say it together. If ye abide in me and my words, come on, abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done. Come on, let's read it one more time. Come on. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done under you. You have heard me say this many times, many of you. And that is that when, when I'm praying, when I'm communing with God, I am not trying to get God to do something that he didn't already intend to do. When I'm praying, that is not my time to negotiate stuff with God. But many people think that when we're praying, we're alerting God to something that he didn't know. And that now he's going to do something special for me. As if, as if he didn't already know. And as if we're persuading him. It's like we make prayer lists. We think that once we mention something to God, he puts it down on his list. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, let me, I think I better do that today. Oh, let me get, no, let me get spiritual and spooky with y'all. Oh, my child is praying to me. They have a fine request of me. All the sincerity of their heart. Therefore, I will do it for them. I mean, come on. We are not informing God of anything. And we're not convincing him to do something that he didn't already plan. God's will has been established, y'all. He said, the way to know my will is you got to be connected to the vine. We need to find out the real deal is that we need to find out what He wants to do in the earth. God, you made all of this. God, you put us here in the 21st century. Now, what is it that you want us to do since you put us here by purpose? Hallelujah. So really, it's prayer prayer is about discovering what he already wants to do. 
Because when things jump off, when, when calamity take place, when stuff happens in your family, when stuff happens in your life, when stuff happens on your job, when stuff happens in your church, when stuff happens in your health, God already saw it coming. He's just looking for a man. He's looking for someone who he can show himself strong in. He is looking, the Bible says, he sought for a man who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. He's just looking for one so that he can overturn the situation. Come on, y'all. God didn't want to, God didn't want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He just couldn't find a man, righteous man that he could call on and use in that place. God don't want to destroy anything he made, but he couldn't find anyone there that he could use. Hallelujah. Abide in me. My word abide in you. You can ask what you will. Why is that? Because when I'm in alignment with him, my will is his will. His will is my will. Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. In other words, he aligned himself with the will of God. And so whatever God's will is, it, it, it is my will too. I want the same thing God wants. So anything I ask according to his will, he said he'll do it. So when I pray, when someone's under attack and they're dealing with something, when I pray, I have this righteous expectation for God to deliver and reverse that situation. Why? Because it is his will to heal us. It is his will to deliver us. I expect people to get saved when I show up outside of this building or in this building. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So when I pray, I expect the person to say yes to the Lord. Oh, I do. When I lay my hands on you, you say, Pastor, could you pray for me? I say, my pleasure, no problem. Because when I pray for you, I believe that it is done. Because I'm not praying according to my will. I have discovered, I've aligned myself to the will of God. And I said, God, what is it that you want to do? I want my daughter healed. Ain't no problem. You've got a man. Come on, you've got a man. Come on, you've got a man. You ought to be able to tell God, you got a man. You got a woman. Go ahead, tell God, you got a woman. You got a man. Go ahead, wherever you are in gender. God, you don't have to look any further. You got one right here. If I have to stand by myself, I will stand by myself. All you needed was one. You were looking for one. Couldn't find one, but here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me, Lord God. Send me, Lord. If you need somebody to go, send me. If you need somebody to do it, Send me. If you need somebody to say it, here I am, God. If you need somebody to pray, here I am. Hallelujah. 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 
The only thing that's missing, Rev, is the power of God. We got the tables. Come on. We got the plates. Only thing that's missing is the power of God. Hallelujah. We got the car. Thank you, Jesus. Got the steering wheel in it. Wheels on the bad boy. All we need now is the power of God. Hallelujah. That's all we're waiting on, the God's power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Prayer is not persuading God to do something that he didn't already intend to do. But actually, it's tapping in to the will of God. Watch this now. It's tapping in to the will of God. If you can see this, oh, Lord. I wish I had props tonight. If you can see this, the moment we pray, it is like a conduit that attaches itself to God. And whatever God wants to do, it will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When I pray, this conduit connects. If you can get the imagery, he puts it in the chute. He puts it in the channel. Every blessing that's in heavenly places needs to materialize on the earth. (laughs) He puts it there. When I pray, he puts it there in the channel and it shows up in the earth. When I pray in Connecticut for my children in California, based upon a need that they have, when I pray, I connect the channel. Hallelujah. God takes what he had intended, puts it in the shoe. I get a phone call from my children. Hey, Pop. Hey, son, how you doing? Man, let me tell you what just happened. Go ahead and tell me, boy. (laughs) Go, Go ahead and tell me. Man, I was just walking down, I was just walking down the street. And I've been looking for this facility to start my new business in. Pop, let me tell you, man, I walked, I walked past this place I don't know how many times. A man walked out the door at the same time I was walking by the building. He said he was looking for me. I just felt Jesus on that too. Said he was looking for me. He invited me to come in. And Pop, guess what he did, man? What did he do, son? He gave me the keys to the place. He said, we'll talk later. I said, all right, son, hold the phone for a second. (laughs) Hey! All right, son, you still there? (laughs) Still there? (laughs) 
I just had to celebrate, man. Man, we've been praying for God to release that thing. We have been interceding, man. We have been on our face. We've been walking the floor, man. Because we knew what the will of God was for your life, man. We've been praying that that thing would be released, man. And it showed up. Hallelujah. God had to send a message. He had to send a message in Elijah's day. Because he wanted them to understand who was in charge. He wanted Ahab and Jezebel and the rest of them and they prophets to know who was in charge. Bible says Elijah prayed. In his prayer, he said, Lord, close the heavens. Don't let there be rain. Three and a half years, Lord. Shut it down. Shut the faucet. Shut it down, God. Shut it down. And God shut it down. Because the man knew how to make connection and align himself. And during that time of famine and during that time of drought, that man drank, that man ate. God took care of him. Met that woman who was preparing for her children, her son and her to eat last meal and die. Showed up there. The girl ate and her son very well. (laughs) And they experienced the abundance during a time of famine. Don't think prayer don't work. Because God will shut stuff down just for you. Hey. God will shut everything around just for you. God will make all the lights go off just so he, what he wants to do in secret, then he'll turn the light back on. Hey, hey. Lights went off. You had holes in your sneakers, holes in your pants, all in your trousers, holes in your shirt. Hair uncombed. Lights went out. Lights came back on. You had a tuxedo on. Had your hair done. Come on. Had some Ferragamo shoes on. Come on here. Leave me alone. Straight. Because a man, a woman, knew how to pray. Y'all receive that tonight? Give God a praise. We're just getting started, man. We're just getting started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you in the scriptures when we come back next week how God is urging you to pray because he wants to.